previously on the Fantastic Worlds podcast. I transform into a lizard and I use my lizard tongue to eat everything <laughs> just to freak you out. I know you know you all probably think I haven't been treating you too kindly, but as you all know, and she points to Buwan's now snowflake tattoo. Uh, with with our trusty Migris Locker cat, who is somehow still with us today. Oh, yeah. that's, right. <laughs> that's awesome. You see her just summon this, uh, this sort of viridian green uh, energy that wraps around the blade itself and sharpens it to this honed edge. Um, sliding right, right into the gut, or as close as the gut as possible. <laughs> nice work, Angel. That was a yeah. huge blow. Uh, Buon is going to step forward, still invisible, just so that there's line of sight. And uh, as Kuneho finishes up their attack with the momentum of being hit by this psychopomp, Buon is going to cast Create Pit right behind the Frost Giant. <laughs> Hey, world's travelers. It's Abby again. It's amazing to talk to you, hear from you. We recently launched a new show, Far Beyond the Stars, and it went fabulously. And we're so grateful to our entire community who came out and loved the show, wrote reviews, and overall just really seemed to vibe well with it. So that's really exciting for us. If you haven't listened or haven't left a review yet, People seem to like it. So go see if you do and then leave us a review, please. That would really help us out as far as getting the word out about the show so it can be huge. Speaking of Far Beyond the Stars, episode three of that drops next week. And you can just go uh, search for Far Beyond the Stars in whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on. One more note, uh, in about two weeks, we're coming up on the end of our fantastic fund drive for April. And this is our annual hard sell on getting people to join our Patreon. It costs a lot of money to make these podcasts. We have to invest in audio recording equipment, audio recording software. We have to have a website server. We have to have things hosted for us in various places. Uh, We have to pay for music to use on our show. And in addition to just a bunch of other costs that pop up here and there. So if you are enjoying our show and you'd like to throw us some cash, we'd really appreciate it. We also don't give you something for nothing. We make an entire third show, which is called The Greatest Show on Earth, and we're running the Extinction Curse Adventure Path for Pathfinder 2E. And it's kind of a wild time. So there's that, and there's a bunch of other great benefits. So if you go to fantasticworlds.cash, then you'll be able to uh, see what all the various tiers are and maybe help us out. If you can't help us out, we totally understand, and we still love you. Times is hard. Uh, you can help us out in other ways by going and leaving the show or review. And now that I've demeaned myself by begging and pleading for dollars and accolades, please, please, if you would like to throw roses to me for my performance, you may do so 
on Apple Podcasts. And you can also now listen to episode 99, Seasoned and Tenderized. This conversation started around the idea of a clerk of Abadar that would charge for heels. Like every time you heal about being stuck in a, basically being a, a cleric that got stuck in a party and you weren't even supposed to be there. Kind of cleric, clerics, like clerks, only call it clerics, where basically a cleric just happened to be or in this group this day and just ended up getting thrown into this wild adventure, not planning. And it steamrolled into the idea of a, a, a cleric of Abadar charging every time they do a heal or running a tab up. And the, but ended up being a discussion about, about how that's kind of bullshit. That would be a very annoying to have a character that's like, I'm not going to heal you unless you pay, pay me. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be funny maybe once. And then mm-hmm. th- every other time, it would be really annoying. But uh, I brought it up from a point of inter- any inter-party conflict about the idea that, you know, with... With the group's permission, albeit, you know, like in a session zero discussing, I'm going to have a character that's going to do this annoying quirk. You know, one of those things where the character's annoying, but the players are in on the joke kind of thing. <laughs> what are your big annoyances when it comes to uh, party makeup? Like, what is the thing that, like, if this is in this game, I'm not going to have as much fun as I should, no matter how well you think it's going to be played. For me... Paladins. <laughs> uh, uh, for for me uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for me personally i always hate the drope of the drunken player like the character yeah. that is always drunk and then basically mm-hmm. excuses a bunch of bullshit to because there was the drunken character i don't find any hilarity in it it's not fun for me it's usually really annoying my character usually ends up finding some way to sober the character up because uh it just annoys the crap out of me for some reason uh does Nobody anybody likes the drunk yeah exactly <laughs> no <laughs> what what are some what are some like gaming situations like that i wouldn't necessarily like say classes even alignments i would say what are the some tropes that you just don't enjoy in a gaming environment that, but that is part of the trope for me is like i've played so many times with my my friend at home i guess so it's weird to call her my friend because she is technically my mom's co-worker and her friend who used to be one of my teachers but i wasn't really in one of her classes so <laughs> i don't know it's weird saying that mrs weaver is my friend now but anyway i I think i think i think as an adult you can be friends with your parents friends you know Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and we've had much more of a friend relationship than anything else Mm -hmm. which is funny but so sue she always played every time we played uh except for the last campaign she was always a paladin and she plays a paladin very well but very spot on like the trope of i am a holy warrior i and this is all i'm gonna do is be a thorn in your side about any morally gray anything. Mm-hmm. So you have to do, you always have to be exactly on the side of good. And that bothered me. That's why I chose to play a paladin who ran a little differently. Um, but the other thing that, and again, this is an alignment thing, but um, I actually kind of like it, but it's, it's like a mixed bag. It's when somebody is playing neutral very well because what neutral really means is i'm not picking a side and that kind of makes you a huge shit bag (laughs) Um, because neutrality is not an option in the face of like actual actual shit you know uh Mm. just like in real life if you're sitting around being like well i don't want to take sides Mm -hmm. and there's like literal nazis running around then you've taken a side (laughs) that is you've taken a side no no choice is a choice neutrality yeah, and I, I actually really like it from a story perspective, but playing with it is so frustrating. 
That's definitely one thing that also has annoyed me in the past. But the the thing that really pricks my temper the most to play with is uh and it's and it, it it's embodied in the form of a roommate that I had when I first started playing <laughs> TTRPGs <laughs> where he was such he was such a freaking edgelord about literally <laughs> everything yeah. he his character was always like the the dark one that has a really dark past and he doesn't pl- I'm Dark Willow Elder Thor Dur- yes he was that guy <laughs> like and he's like and I don't like other and I don't trust anybody else's characters and I don't like anybody else's characters and I just go off and do my own thing and so he'd go off and he'd do his own thing like <laughs> like so the DM would pretty much be running a whole second campaign just for fish and <laughs> His name, his last name is Fisher, and we had, his first name was Chris, and we had, like, three, we had, no, we had four Chrises who were part of our friend oh group. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so we, so we just started calling everyone by their last name. So he would go on his own, off on his own, and basically do, like, a whole separate side campaign just by himself, mm. and then he'd die mm. because he's all by himself, and then he'd, like, yell at the rest of us and give us all the silent treatment in real life for letting his character die. If someone does this ever again in a table, I'm just going to be like, no, I won't play with this person. <laughs> this person is going to ruin it for me. Yeah. So basically that just like someone that someone like it, regardless of what character class they've chosen, although he always picked a rogue because because of course, what's reasons. more dark and edgy. Yeah. Oh, he wanted he always played a dark, edgy rogue Ugh. that went off and did his own thing all the time without that's. Yeah. Horrific. Anyway, oh my god! So that's that's what annoys me. That's what annoys me in games when people do that. When I was a dungeon master for the teen after school club, the edgy violence and yeah. well, like that annoyed me. But I was able to curtail that. The one that really mm. got under my skin, I was just so flipping annoying, is the characters who refused to speak in a way that was actually communicative. Oh, that's a good one. So there was one person who was like, I'm playing this character who wears a mask and I don't speak. So I use mage hand to do sign language. I'm like, that doesn't work. Mage hand's (laughs) invisible. (laughs) Right. And and I'm like, that's interesting, but you're in a group. And then he'd be like, I yell at the person. I'm like, isn't your character silent? He's like, oh yeah, I hand wave at them. I'm like, so annoying. (laughs) Like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Or um, someone tried to play a, a, a Kenku and they were just so f- bad at it because <laughs> the Kenku lore is they can only say what they've heard before. And this person just wouldn't, they weren't creative enough essentially yeah. to use that effectively. So it was, it was just so annoying. So if you make a character that purposely cannot communicate in a group collaborative setting, I will be frustrated. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to make that work. Yes. If you're going to do it. And if you're not prepared to do that work, then don't start with that premise. Exactly. Cause I think it's cool, mm-hmm. yeah. but these people just didn't have the experience to pull it off. Well, that actually reminds me of a great, because they, that discussion about the cleric of Abadar, what would to me would have been way more funny and way more of a running gag is the idea that the cleric of Abadar had a, a abagus and was constantly 
you know, <laughs> adding up a tab basically, just like uh-huh. every time, you know, and never actually collected on it, but was just always had this this tab. You're a like belt abacus, yes, <laughs> yes. Just... or just have like a tip jar, just like straddled to their side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Tips, please. Money, please. The players yeah. would have to do a cost analysis of okay, is it cheaper to get a wand and replace the clay? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay, this like, is cheaper to get a this... wand. We need competitive rates. Get this fool out the paint. We're done with you. I think it's whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, we're dropping our prices. <laughs> Mine is probably like the one that everybody hates. I hate I hate characters that uh, are created as good characters and like people act like they're good characters. Except then they go and they like they just are murder hobos and they just like don't actually bother to take time learning anything about the scenario or the the world or character development. They just go in and they're just like, oh, let's just murder everybody because we can. It'd be funny. No, I'm still I'm still lawful good. Mm-hmm. I'm heck, well, I'm chaotic good, so it's okay. Like, interesting. On the flip side of that, Heidi is I, I like characters who play neutral characters that are like that too. They're yeah. like. They're like, I'm neutral, so I can go into evil if I want to. I can go into good if I want to. I can go wherever I want because I'm that's, neutral. And that's not, I, that's not how you know. Not no. what it means. Make your own codes. Mm-hmm. What it means is not having a code. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also one of the worst ways to play of, of someone who's just... Because to me, that seems like someone who's not taking it seriously. Mm. And, yeah. and I take it like... You know, because that's one of the reasons why I like this group so much is we all take the role playing part very seriously. What about you, Angel? I know you've been doing this a long time. I know you have some. Oh, yeah, I've got tons, so many, and they all honestly, all of yours makes the list. Um, <laughs> I really hate the. I call it the video game character. I I share this on Slack where it's making fun of Zelda, where it's this guy and it's live action. He goes into people's houses and the NPCs are talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, help yourself. Open up all my cabinets. We just live here. You know. Oh, you're taking our food. Sure, we're we're starving, but." Hey, help yourself. You need that one hit point. And it's that that character that I mean it's it is a, a fantasy setting, you know, it's it's a game of the imagination, but you're so stuck in a video game um kind of mentality where it's oh, I'm not afraid of that thing. And I'm picturing um I don't know if I've said it with this group, but I'm I'm picturing legend and when Tom Cruise runs into like the swamp hag, I remember when I first saw that, I was like Holy crap, I could only imagine being like this young kid, you're out and about because you're on a mission. That thing is freaking gross. I would be like shit in my pants. Um, you know, heroes would be running, but as heroes, you know, we have that extra quality that kind of helps us go through. But it's the, oh, I'm not afraid of that. Oh, blah. Oh, this. Oh, the guard's yelling at me. Oh, okay. Okay. No, you can go to a fucking prison for life. You can be freaking beheaded. But not thinking that consequence because it's in the game. Mm-hmm. That fucking shit drives me crazy. It's like, don't pop off just because you're a jackass. You, you know, there's there's consequences. Don't treat everything like it's not it's not serious. That <laughs> shit drives me like that show where the, the guy is breaking he just walks in and starts breaking the pots in their house yes. and the person is saying the one line over and over again uh, <laughs> i actually penalized a player way. for for doing that one time where like basically she went sure. in and got pissed off at 
or like started cussing out, uh, cussing out like a military leader. And I had her imprisoned and had, she had to create a new character for like, <laughs> for about like six months. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. You're in a mm-hmm. fantasy that's, world. That's nice. Good job. Yeah. I have one more trope that I just remembered that came to mind, and it's kind of on the edge. Lord trope is the character that doesn't mm. trust anybody. Ugh. Well, I mean that's that's exactly what that's, I mean, that's exactly mm-hmm. part of what the person I'm thinking of used to do. Of just God. my character doesn't trust anybody, and they I'm never do, and they never grow out of it. So that so that's the whole campaign. <laughs> I, I once played a, a game with a group where it was a bunch of basically people like that, where nobody trusted anybody, and it was constantly just backstabby characters. And I just, oh man, I was so annoyed with that campaign. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the hard part with playing evil campaigns is people always want to do that. They want to be like, well, my guy doesn't trust your guy because, but like, no, you have to find a common ground where either you're trusting each other or you have some kind of bond. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we did that when we played with Steve, where yeah. Abby and I, we were like, we both are really messed up <laughs> and we're bonding about that. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I think. Like, I think you and I think you and I uh, are playing our evil characters in a way that's actually fun mm. and, yeah. and not a way that's just like about sort of rampantly murdering or stealing everything we see, but it's much more about sort of caught. like a mindset. Exactly. Like- yeah. I mean, if, if walking around this world, if alignments were a real thing and there were little alignment codes over every person that not everybody could see, you would be walking by a ton of evil people every day and you would have no idea they were evil. Yeah. Exactly. And and yeah. being like playing an evil character doesn't mean that that character can't have bonds with other people. Like mm-hmm. not exactly. like, like evil characters are not sociopaths all the time. Evil characters are heroes of their own stories. Yep. Heroes can have friends. Amen. Exactly. That's Which what makes a good villain a villain. And the only reason it needs to be quantified is because there's actual spells and mechanics. If there wasn't mechanics like, well, Mm. protection from good, uh, you know, protection (laughs) from evil, or this takes damage for good characters, those mechanics exist, so it has to be in there. But how do you play that? It it sets a rough part because I think of the mechanics. Well, it's protection from good. Well, is that person really good? Can you philosophically argue your way past a spell? (laughs) Like, in Mm -hmm. the grand scheme of things, aren't we all? It's like, oh, you bypass a spell. Uh, (laughs) That's the, that's the struggle for yeah. me because when we had that conversation where it was like, oh, only uh, only uh, Pippa can really damage this thing with raw attacks. It's like, yeah, the, the way I justified in my head that I would know that is because of or- weird Oracle stuff. But most of the time, I feel like you wouldn't, you know, you just would have no clue at all mm-hmm. uh, unless you saw someone do something absolutely heinous and then you're like well that person is clearly evil yeah but- <laughs> because even people doing good things if they're done for the wrong reasons or they're done as a performance like that doesn't necessarily mean that person is a good person mm-hmm. yeah too like yeah. there's there's really only one way to absolutely tell alignment and that's watching someone do something that's like nope that's evil like that's that was always my struggle with paladins too is like you have them there and they have their code so it's like for Manette her code was like if you're taking money from poor people you're evil but that's not necessarily evil to every paladin you know what i mean because they have their individual code based on their god so it's like the alignment thing gets so screwy with Mm -hmm. with paladins i feel like in particular well that's why i that's why we why i always say we play a lot with alignment statements as opposed to straight alignments because because that that gets it gets like you know angel playing angel plays a neutral character and he's neutral to nate because of nature his idea is balance and so one of the big points i put is is a bunch of people build a dam because it naturally helps their community for whatever reason you know 
that that's a good thing for them but to somebody who is a ruler of balance and nature a dam is a bad thing i totally dam, jet that damage. shit out of um in, fact, <laughs> yeah. I put that in my background as like a, a like a little flashback a braxis flashback where he's done that where he's like hey i'm flooding this fucking town sorry women and children you're fucking up this area you gotta go mm-hmm. and he's fully gone on like you know full-on jet um nature and- over people and also, oh yeah, Jet. Jet, Jet is such a good oh, complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jet's Jet's a great example of a of a complicated character. Yes, like alignment wise to nature. Angel is a good person to that community. Angel would be an evil person. Oh yeah, I'd be mm-hmm. a freaking villain. <laughs> and then the trick's not playing. I'm like, oh, I'm Jet, and I let me go just because I could fucking do this and be good. But like you said, it's. It's that role-playing aspect of it. Am I going to do that just because, oh, I'm neutral, so I'm going to fucking blow this shit up. Uh, Neutral, bitches. No, it's what the hell are you doing to this ecosystem? You're fucking shit up, so you're going to have to go down. And I like that we have those discussions. I really do like, I don't know, Jess or Abby, you're the ones from, I think, the the alignment damage was it... It struck like the very core of your being as that is so against the core of who I am, where it manifested in the the damage that you do to that thing because it just kind of mm-hmm. violated your core beliefs is that such a perfect thing to describe um hmm. probably in first time ever seen in gaming was like man that is a really good way to describe alignment based attacks bypassing these things are beefy they're you know uh they've got usually uh natural armor they've got spell resistance they have damage resistance but it's like you know what (laughs) you violated my core conviction so much um and i'm a child of magic where my shit's gonna go through no matter what the heck you have to protect you (laughs) um you know you're getting you're getting the smite i i thought that was super awesome um descriptor was that like last game two games ago that was like it was a while. It was back. like three sessions ago, I think. It was. It, it was the. I can't remember. Yeah, it was right before was Heidi officially Hopped like on. joined us with Marislova. When we talked about it in game, I was like, "Oh man, I just said that, and it, now it sounds dumb." But then we found our way to to, <laughs> to something that made sense. It was cool. I liked <laughs> it. It was. I, really I liked, liked it a it. lot. Abraxas lay curled under the decrep canvas cot. His left ear twitched in sync with the faint footfalls of heavy boots. Out of reflex, still half asleep, he drew in a deep breath through his nose. Leather, tobacco, ale, smoked boar, Jasper? The smells formed a blurry image in his mind. Abraxas opened his eyes, dim torchlight illuminating his golden yellow eyes. The image in his mind sharpened as he sniffed the air. Iron. Chainmail. Sweat. Talc. Oil. And hints of candle wax. Definitely Jasper. Oi, brute. Today's the day. I hope you enjoyed your accommodations. The cell door opened and Jasper cut Abraxas' reply short. Good luck getting rid of the fleas. Uh, garlic and lemongrass uh, can... Two years of quiet and now you get chatty. Get moving, beastie. Scenes from his trial flashed before him. His response only seemed to incense the magistrate. He had been rather taciturn during his imprisonment. Best continue his silence. The weight of his imprisonment melted away as his bare feet touched the snow-dusted cobblestone and the frigid western wind caressed his face. 
there was a subtle spring to his step as he made his way to the place of his rest. Not the wisest course of action, but Abraxas was no criminal mastermind. He was a loyal servant of nature and had unfinished business in the horrid city. He had heard dogs barking and men carousing as he approached the warehouse. It seemed a lifetime ago when he first discovered the pens. How naive he was to think that they were merely keeping the domestics captive. He now had the full measure of these real criminals. His ire rose as familiar sense of guards and even the magistrate tickled his nose. It wasn't until he was at a stone's throw from the arena that someone finally noticed him. Abraxas's naturally wavy shoulder-length hair had grown out to a tangled sea of unkept locks. His beard had exploded into a disheveled kraken. One of the inebriated spectators managed to take his eyes off the fight in time to see the disorganized brown curls turn brilliant white. Hey, Al, are you seeing... The drunken man stalled as he saw four white wolves materialize behind the hairy stranger. Multiple sets of yellow eyes oriented on him. Time seemed to slow. By the time the man's betting slip fluttered to the floor, five wolves had begun tearing into the crowd. Chills. Um, I vote for Raxus to bring back that Kraken beard. Kraken beard. (laughs) Yes, Yes, please. Kraken beard. (laughs) Jeez, Abraxas. Yeah. Nice. Where we last left off, Abraxas had witnessed a frost giant trapped in a pit. Because as I had noted in my notes as of last time, that you had all decimated one of the frost giants and were basically kicking my giant's asses. Yeah. (laughs) And I believe where we left left off is there's some falling damage due to that frost giant that has fallen into the pit. What has he taken there, Logan? A beautiful 19 bludgeoning fall damage. Ow! Gorgeous. So there you all are. I I am imagine shocked at how quickly you took down the first frost giant, given how much trouble the last one gave you. And now you have one basically at your beck and call. Uh, Marislova, you are up. What would you like to do? Marislova is going to uh, drop her hand axe and her scimitar and uh, as a, do that as a free action, letting them clatter to the ground before she draws draws a bow off of her back as a move action and walks walks forward to stand at the edge of the pit. Badass. I love that image, just like casting your weapons aside, drawing your bow and striding forward. Like it's just cool. You can see the cinematics. Badass. She preps to fire down on her next turn. Frost Giant attempts to roll, climb the side, but with his 19 uh, climb check, does he make that DC there, Logan? No, because as it says in the spell description, it's a DC 25. You see the Frost Giant trying with no luck climbing up. He gets about halfway up and just slides back down. Oh, get last Oh. Andromeda, you're up. What would you like to do? I'm having fun trying to do this, so I'm going to go ahead and move forward just a teensy bit next to Buon. So we're kind of both standing at the mouth of the... Like, there's, like, the door, and then inside the hallway, there's the big old pit. And <laughs> I come, I slide by him and give him a low five. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I reach out, and my magic sort of slithers along the ground. It's going to attempt to influence him. So please roll me a wheel save. 
I need to roll a wheel save. A wheel save. Roll that wheel. Give me that there wheel save. Give that wheel a spin. 17. Well, wouldn't you know it, you passed your wheel save, but uh, so nothing happens. The magic magic tries to enter his ear hole and just fizzles out. <laughs> what was the spell there, Andromeda? Forbid action. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice thought, it. though. That would have been a nice one if it passed. I know. I, You know, I have to try it. If you don't try it, what's the point? Yeah. And I got my murderous command off before, but this <laughs> is the second failed forbid action I've had this... <laughs> this battle so perhaps i will stop that in your turn there andromeda yeah she looks pretty flummoxed pippa you are up to bat oh my goodness what are you gonna do can i throw one of my fireballs for my necklace down in there yeah you can do that yeah like without i guess risking any of the rest of them it's a 30 foot pit and the fireball has a 20 foot radius so i can put it down by the giant's like feet then it shouldn't endanger anybody standing mm-hmm. on the lip. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna use my my second use of the two d six fireball from my necklace of fireballs. And you're just gonna toss down that hole. Hit yep. roasted frost giant. She's Yum. just going to gesture like she's gonna <laughs> gesture, and one of the glowing balls of fire leaves the necklace that she's wearing, hovers over the pit. And with a sharp gesture, she fires it downward. Oh my god. Imagine the just everybody standing around and Pippa going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone puts their hands out and rubs it like a little fire barrel. Like, oh so warm. I'm going to roll a reflex save, which I put him under the effect of squeezing. So this is going to be a very hard reflex pass to pass. Reflex is 12. He did not pass. Okay, great. That's how exciting for all of us that he did not pass. <laughs> Holy crap. He was he was not passing. So that's 2d6 points of damage for our giant friend. Don't fail me, roll 20. Come on, roll 20. Okay, plus one, nine, nine points point. of damage. Plus 50% more damage. So that is... <laughs> Fire. <laughs> 14 total damage. Burn, Ow. baby, burn. He did not like that. Now let's put some leaves over it and some other stuff mm-hmm. and really get a good roast. Going. Really get that fire. <laughs> really work it up to a good, oh, no, low smolder. <laughs> Does that end Pippa's turn? That's gonna that's gonna do it for... Okay, Abraxas, you are up. What would you like to do? I'm looking at my gear and I'm looking at seasonings. I'm like, hmm... Free a- is it a free action to season a frost giant in a fire pit? <laughs> if so, we should. I would give that as a free action. Uh, Salt bay Season him. <laughs> all right. I don't know if you folks remember, but uh, last game, Abraxas had prepped by drinking a delicious potion. And you'll soon see the effects. As he moves up and puts a tentative foot on the wall and starts climbing as if he were a spider. A spider oh. climb, if you will. <laughs> and goes up the wall, up into the tunnel, uh, walking on the ceiling of the tunnel to what? get down what? within 10 feet of the giant. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> you just hear his, his uh, nail, his claws clacking on the stone. Clack, 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 clack. And oh getting God, in range. Angel. Well, that's a wolf spider. Wolf spider. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> not Dustin. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> oh, oh god. Okay, sorry. I got a weakness for puns. Okay, focus, 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 focus. He's a wolf. <laughs> I mean, how did you not see that coming? <laughs> you know, some of us I don't have can't. pun brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dustin does, which is why I'm surprised he laughed so hard. Water went down the wrong uh, pipe at the same time. Uh, pun lovers god. recognize good puns. Oh god. Okay. God, you love my GM back home. He, oh, d- wow. he does about 60 puns a game and about 30 Oh, I'd probably wet myself. Then. Oh my god. <laughs> on my, it's a on my honeymoon, game. I just took pictures of all the pun names in Belize. It was just... <laughs> There's so many. They're all on my phone somewhere. They're oh, so God. good. I have to wear a diaper. I just I couldn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> so Abraxas, uh, getting in range, strikes down with his spear full of confidence. And here we go, rolling the dice. That'd be 32 to hit. That is definitely Ooh. a hit. And it looks like a total of... 23 points of damage with my spear of giant bane. Nice. Okay, wow. That hurt. As he takes his spear out, he gives like his bag a little uh, tap and a little bit of the seasoning sprinkles down into the pit and he licks his lips (laughs) before he ends his turn. (laughs) Giant for supper tonight. The only thing you see are his shoulders and his head. And so I just imagine you just taking this and just jamming it in that spot between his shoulder and his and his head, the neck area, and just jamming it in. He is not feeling good. Kuneho and Buon, you two are up. What does Team Summoner want to do? Kuneho's just going to throw something down there because I get... I have the feet throw anything. Nice. So can, cool. I'm proficient with improvised ranged weapons. I get a plus one to hit with thrown splash weapons. What are you going to throw down there? I'm assuming there's like a rock in the tunnel. Okay. I, so, I um, Yeah, yeah. I would say there's a pretty sizable rock. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw down the rock. Oh, shit. And that 20. Yay! <laughs> nice. Roll the confirm. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. A, ni- a nat 19. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Braxis, you want to pull a critical hit card there? Crit with a rock. Oh. I don't. I don't know what the damage for a rock is. By the way, I'll have to look that up. All right, that is cracked knee. Normal damage and one day two dex damage. Targets base land speed reduced to ten feet until healed. <laughs> oh shit! That just <laughs> totally trans- traps him down there to even more. Uh, roll, <laughs> you roll me that one d two first, there, Logan. Uh, one. Okay, I will lower down his dex by one. Unless it's a plus one because of the bless bonus, then that's two. Uh, I, oh. oh, there you go. I'm going to do just plus one on that. That's- okay, and and go ahead and roll your beautiful bean damage there, Guneho. Okay, so it's just double damage. Ooh, Guneho's throwing in beans too. Oh, that's going to be some good, good eating. <laughs> Making oh, a stone that. stew right now. Thrown in the stone. stone. Seven bludgeoning damage. All right. Oh, that that was a good college try. Good college attack. And then uh, Kuneho is going to back up. And then Buon's going to come forward and fire a crossbow bolt down into the 
tunnel. He's also invisible, so just pops out of nowhere. Says, boo! <laughs> ah. Oh, that wasn't very good. 14. That will be a miss. Well, that's stupid. Okay, well, I did rock damage. <laughs> <laughs> that in both of your turn? Yep, we're both done. Marislova, you are up. Uh, Marislova has her bow in hand and uh, just is going to take two pot shots straight down at the at this fish in a barrel, this giant in a pit. Before she does that, though, I oh. need her to roll me a reflex save. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. DC 16, but you also got a plus two. Uh, let's see. I rolled a 10, and with my plus 10 and the plus two, that's going to be a oh, yeah, you're fine. 22. Yeah, you, you are good to go. <coughs> so go ahead and roll those attacks. Okay. First attack is three on the dice, uh, like a 16. Just barely missed. Okay. Uh, second attack, five on the dice, 13. Yeah. Boom, boom. Just two misses. I'm going to take a five foot step back so that uh, Pippa wants, she can get in there. Oh, thank you. Very that your turn? That ends my turn. Okay. It is the Frost Giant's turn again. And I guess he's going to try to climb out because that's all he can do. <laughs> With a 15 climb, he does not, because I rolled a natural two. No. God Ooh. damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and he just grumbled ah, in frustration. Uh, Andromeda, you are up. Andromeda is going to reach up and touch Kuneho slash Corbin on the shoulder and imbue them with a little bit of guidance. Ooh. So they can get a plus one confidence bonus on a single attack roll, saving throw, or skill check. Uh, Pippa, you and in Argentea are up. Again. It happened again. Um, <laughs> yeah, seeing the the opportunity that the space that Marislova left for her and, you know, really wanting to conserve her fireballs for sh- <laughs> the, the fights that she knows are going to be tough when they come up. Uh, she squeezes past Marislova and comes to stand at the edge of the pit and fires down twice into the pit with her crossbow. Um, so the five, uh, I'm I'm gonna. Well, I don't know. He is pinned down there, and with my range, my ranged attack bonus is seventeen to hit. Seventeen hits exactly. Excellent. Nice. And so the eighteen definitely hits then. Both of them so hit. Roll me five. Some damage. Excellent. Dear God, this is so exciting. I've never used my crossbow. I should use it more often. Um, okay, so the fire damage is going to be two points of fire damage. That is with the suit bonus. And then for the uh, regular damage, the just straight, old, straight up old piercing damage, that's going to be 9, 10, 11 points of damage. You should get one more dice six, one for one bolt and one for the other bolt. Oh, I, I did it all. I did them. Oh. I did them. I rolled them both together. Oh, that's the first one. Check. Yep. Yep, yep. I did that reverse. I was like, ooh, that's a good solid crossbow hit. I know. No, unfortunately, that is that is two crossbow hits for Abby. Makes the damage of one solid crossbow <laughs> hit for anyone else. <laughs> 11 points of piercing damage and two points of fire. The frost giant had white hair, but even the hair is now just matted with blue blood because you guys just taking pot shots at him. I mean, we have just been hitting his head. 
over and over and over again. So And his knee. <laughs> and his knee. <laughs> Somehow his knee. Uh, Abraxas, you are up. What are you going to do? Well, he was going to seal him in there to seal in the flavor, but uh, the thing's looking pretty tenderized, so Abraxas <laughs> feels emboldened to uh, s- strike again. hey That's a 24. A 24 will hit. Okay, then that's a total of 16, 19 points of damage. Okay, and that's just your first attack? Oh, yeah, that's right. Here's another one. Hiya! The next one's uh, 31 to hit, so that's going to hit as well. 22 points of damage. What does it Ooh. look like when you kill this character? All right, figure one, he raises his spear and goes right to that same spot and just spears down. Uh, here's the frost giant bellow. So he pulls out and goes into the exact same spot, but it's already so tender from all the repetitive penetrations. So he's just going to go, <laughs> rah! He's going in for the kill, and it just smoosh as the uh, he goes all the spear goes all the way down till his fist actually hits the frost giant's shoulder and he just holds the spear in place um, Ooh, I kind of nice. had this view of the um, the bullfighters because they stick the spike in the back of the neck that's how they try to uh, subdue the bulls it's kind of the same thing as you just keep hitting it and eventually you sever the spine between the the, the head Ooh. and the body and Ooh, that's rough. He just collapses. Episode title, seasoned and tenderized. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Or tender penetrations. Ooh, I like tender oh, penetrations. Oh, I like that. <laughs> this is a new oh, podcast. <laughs> seasoned and tenderized it is. <laughs> uh, Braxis will pull out the spear and spider climb out to the other side of the lip. So I have a question for y'all. How much damage did you actually take this fight? Oh, I don't wow, think I took yeah. any. Zero. None at all. What a surprise. That I, was two Abraxas, frost giants too. So Paranoidy's <laughs> like looking at his body. He's like, oh, oh, I think, I think, I think, I think we did well on this one. Is, is anybody injured? Actually, no. That was so cool. Well, you guys are very strong fighters. You're a very strong fighter. Oh, ah, you're just we strong. all are very strong, strong fighter. fighters. <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't need my help at all with. Ah, uh... uh, I no, wouldn't. No, I wouldn't no, go no, that no, far. No, no, Please, yeah, you are yeah, coming. Um, uh, no, coming. <laughs> Let, let's let's not get hasty. <laughs> it was a group effort. High fives all around. Is there any good shit on their bodies? Yeah. I mean, nah, not yeah. really. There was Nope. There was, okay. Nah. Moving along. We don't need it. <laughs> Braxis will take a couple of slices since they're already seasoned and charboiled. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in. Um, he's so sloppy. He puts it in his beef oh, yeah, jerky yeah. bag instead of like separating it into oh, like little. T- he just like gross. just squeezes it in there. But I mean, yeah, uh, Pippa did kind of cook the one that was in the pit for you. I just realized we're standing on the corpse of the other one. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh. Pippa had to clamber over it to get to the lip of the pit. <laughs> Make a frost giant bridge. Yeah, we can just wait for that pit to uh, dissipate and then try and sneak on forward. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds I, good. Marisova picks up her melee weapons again. Mm-hmm. Cool. You wait, maybe catch your breath, and uh, the pit eventually rises up, and there's the frost giant's body. They're all all tenderized and ready for snacking. Andromeda's not feeling thirsty at all right now. 
Nope. No blood for me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what do you all wish to do? You wish to keep moving forward? Let's yeah, move so. forward. I mean, I mean absolutely. It was, no, not, like definitely no. not. Like Pippa wants here? a warm bath and a feather bed. And, <laughs> but that's not, that's not in the offing anytime soon. So. I heard there's a rumor. Yeah. There's a warm bath and a comfortable bed at the bottom of the Aeon pit. Well, then Whoa. off, then off we go. <laughs> uh, so you, you all start keeping going down the, the hallway again, back to the room where the frost giants were. And just to give you a reminder, it, you see the remains of a giant wooden statue carved to resemble a stooped in ancient bedlam, broken and shattered across the floor of the chamber. And then there's that those two massive set of iron double doors in the south wall. The faces engraved with the procession of humanoid figures at the top of the doors. The figures is a young woman in bloom of youth. But as they parade down, eventually it goes down to a capering of skeletons that vanish into a mm. gaping tomb. The difference is this time is the doors are wide open. And Andromeda, when you arrive, you hear a dull ringing begin to form in your ear. You all feel a slight pull towards the door. Your vision just gets pulled forward and then it just snaps back to normal. Uh, Well, it's uh, pretty clear where we have to go. Where we need to go, I suppose. Yep. (laughs) Thanks, Baba Yaga. Oh man, I. Whew, I don't want to go. All right, let's. Uh... Shall we prepare? Yeah. Um. Perhaps I could guidance all around. We'll <laughs> 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 just uh, touch everyone mm-hmm. real fast. All right, I'll cast my last okay carapace spell. Buon is going to down a potion of bark skin. Uh-huh, smart. We get to focus their attention on uh, our frontline combatants. Uh, maybe myself and Marislova can draw their attention while the rest of you stand in the weights unseen. Kuneho can help with that, too. Ah, and Kuneho, of course. Good idea. All right. Not a bad idea. Okay, then, yeah, then as part of, a, part of our prep, Pippa will uh, tap... Buwan Andromeda and herself with the with the wand of invisibility. Um, I'm gonna also cast protection from evil on everyone. Ooh, nice. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah! It lasts for eight rounds or one minute per level. That's not eight rounds. That's way longer. <laughs> that's very long. <laughs> eight minutes. Eight minutes. It's a plus two deflection bonus to AC and a plus two resistance bonus on saves. Uh, and uh, it's any of those things. And you, you know, can't be charmed and enchanted and all that creatures. stuff. Yeah. Or possessed. Okay. Summon creatures um, can touch us. So as we're preparing, Andromeda uh, has had the grim lantern we got ages ago. The, uh, you know, the human skull <laughs> mm. on the length of chain that is sort of lit up with the soul stuff she is going to grip that in one hand and i know she's gonna go invisible so you won't see it but she that's sort of her preparing to use it basically and she looks very delighted to be (laughs) getting prepared (laughs) to use it too marislova will only uh will sheathe her scimitar and hold on to her hand axe as the only weapon in in hand um I want you all to know before we go in 
that I don't even know what I want to say. You're all very important to me. Even you, Marislova. I know we just met, so that's weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you seem decent. Ah, you're very kind. <laughs> I'm glad to have met you. Me too. Go team! <laughs> yes, go team. Go team. And, f- and friends, let us play the game, but play by our own rules. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. And then you just see Buon writing that down in his journal. Oh, damn, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, son. Dang, I'm so good at this. Abraxas <laughs> puts his giant Bane spear away and pulls out the spear of the Watchful Guardian. And it's like the only Assyrian he knows. And it's like really choppy. He's like, let's do this. But really bad. He doesn't know Assyrian at all. He's only picked up a few. Mm, phrases like the, the, mumblings um, <laughs> Buon responds back in perfect Assyrian let's Ooh. do this oh that sounds much better <laughs> the vast natural cavern is drowned in darkness to the southeast a ring of towering black basalt men here surround a great gaping pit torn into the cavern floor a break in the border forms an entrance leading to the edge of the pit There, a flight of stone steps carved into the perimeter descends into the abyss. Spiraling runes etched in white chalk cover the faces of the standing stone, which are painted with fresh blood. The bodies of two frost giants lie on the floor outside the ring. A border of countless skulls, both human and animal, surround the pit. It is there, standing west of the pit, a large centaur covered in blood, holding an equally sized hammer, uh, with a silver sheen illuminated by nearby torches. Oh my God. As you enter the room, you hear him call out, Welcome! Welcome to the Aeon Pit! Just in time! I was just finishing up my sacrifice! I want to thank you all. You simply have done a marvelous job bringing Andromeda to me. What <gasps> the fuck? What? what? Andromeda, free- not that anyone can see her because she's invisible, but she is stock still. Andromeda, that dull ringing is coming back into your ears again. She's she's gripping the front of her forehead, and uh, I think her eyes are her eyes are flashing black, and she's staring at the floor, and her vision is sort of shuddering around. We brought you nothing. Oh, you brought me everything. Andromeda is not a gift to be brought. She is her own person. And as you can see, she, she is not amongst our number. You'll have to deal with the three of us. And let me show you a pint- picture of this this centaur. His name is Vesevalod. God damn. Oh, Vesevalod. He, look, he looks nice. He's Cal Drogo with more limbs. Me away in your Ooh. arms. Mm-hmm. So what you see is this large centaur with these adjacent Momoa-sized like, hair just going down <laughs> over his shoulders, and he hoards, holds this giant maul. The top of it is as big as your head, Abraxas. It's just beautiful, a beautiful weapon. It's a big maul. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the penetration won't be gentle. With nope. That. <laughs> Not this no one. Tender be tender. It won't be tender. No tender penetrations here. <laughs> Having heard what the others said and sort of covering for her, Andromeda just keeps quiet. What do you need with Andromeda? 
Andromeda will be a permanent guest of the Aeon Pit. And with it, my task will finally be complete. Did those witches tell you what the pit does? Pippa's also remaining silent, moved like drifting closer until like to get him within crossbow range. Yeah. But uh yeah, she you know, so she's not gonna she's not gonna be the one to to ask. She's hoping that uh, Abraxas or Marislova will continue to keep him occupied while she sneaks closer. Uh, this pit is a source of magic for Atrosia. They'd left out just a few key details. While the witches use it as a source for their magic, it also serves as a portal in which Andromeda will be the key. Those who plumb its depths will see themselves given to time and age uncontrollably. As that happens, a second effect starts to seep in. Madness. The further down she goes, her brain will give in, and when the power within her is unlocked, it will pull darkness into this realm for which has never been seen. No, 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 no. Andromeda finally speaks up. Ah... There you are, girl. I knew you were around. A weak invisibility does not hide your fear. You have provided a service to bring Andromeda to me here today. The witches are so busy playing their games they did not see this coming. I feel I owe you this. Leave. Let me have Andromeda. If you do so, I will have that gaius removed and send you on your merry way. Take the hut even. Just stay out of my way. I am sure you would much rather be in a world without Baba Yaga anyway. You come into my home. You threaten my friends. You threaten Galarian. (laughs) I don't give a shit about Baba Yaga. But this is my place and you being here is not okay. Pippa's first instinct anyway, if if he makes that offer, is is gonna be to shoot him. Oh yeah, once he's yeah, he's too threatening. As, I'm, as I'm soon as him. as soon as he says that shit of like, no, let's make a deal. Who like who even cares about Baba Yaga? I want to chain your friend at the bottom of a pit and make her crazy. Like she's gonna shoot him. Pippa, you let your bolt fly loose and reveal yourself at that moment. At the same time, a monstrous spear also appears on the field. The layer of invisibility slowly peeling back to reveal a monstrous blue centaur oh, on the other side of the room, charging towards your friends. The Fantastic Worlds oh Podcast God. is a Fantastic Worlds production. Uh, Want to get a sneak peek behind the scene and listen to our bonus podcast, The Greatest Show on Earth? Consider uh, joining our Patreon at fantasticworlds.cash. There you can join all the other wonderful people who support us so we continue making this and all our other shows. Also consider checking out our merch store where we are constantly adding awesome new designs and shirts like our bigger, faster, stronger, gayer t-shirt and our Take a Feet merchandise. I am Dustin, your game dad master. You can find me at Dustin Alexander on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Abby and you can find me at Bonanza Famine. This is Angel. You can reach me at Espinoza916. This is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. This is Logan. You can find me at Mainman08. This is Heidi. You can find me at Vamahillion. That's V-A-M-I-H-I-L-I-O-N. 
Theme song was composed and played by Amy Hawkinson. Thank you, Sirenscape, for use of sound effects and music. We want to thank you for all your support, for listening, for passing the show on to friends, and for the wonderful fan art and discussions we have had with you along the way. We love making the show, whether you've been with us the entire journey or just now joining the fray. Thank you all for giving us your time listening to our shows. Until next time, I hope you have many fantastic adventures. Oh, clonk. Clonk. The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Pathfinder Adventure Path Reign of Winter is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2013. All Paizo content in this podcast is used with permission. All right, well, all right, rolled up 20. Don't don't fuck it up for me. Because I'm, I'm not paying for you, gay character energy. Art. Don't worry. Right, I'm, I'm sending it, it your way. Mm, you know what? I think that's why I roll up. so good. It's gay oh, energy. Yeah. All the gay energy. Yeah. That must it be it. Well, so, what does that say about the rest of us? Jess is I'm house king is on the gay, gay nexus. Jess's house is on the gay nexus. It's on the gay nexus. <laughs> the gay nexus, yeah. We we all revolve around Jess's gayness in orbit. <laughs> We're all satellites around yeah. our gay sun. You are all but satellites around my gay sun. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make Dustin the comet that just passes through every once in a while? <laughs> He's got that uh, the weird, the weird orbit. Dustin's the Dustin's Pluto in this situation. Like he's not he's not really like a proper gay planet, but he is an honorary member of our solar system. Oh. Always, always completes the set. Always completes the set. Always completes the set. <laughs> I somehow feel both included and lonely all at the same time. That's, and that's big Pluto energy. <laughs> that's Pluto energy. <laughs> well, this just leads to a really big question: Who gets to be Uranus? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry.